HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the International Culinary Center, offering courses that range from classic French techniques in culinary, pastry, and bread baking to Italian studies to management, from culinary technology to food writing, from cake making to wine tasting. For more information, visit culinarycenter.com. I'm Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some in the end. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte. And in the studio today, um, I'm uh, joined by two people who are no strangers to the radio. And to uh, talking about booze, I've got Souther Teague and Austin Henley from Amoria Margo. And you guys were actually both not together, but you uh, both used to do radio, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, long ago, when I was uh, 17 years old, I was a DJ on a local station in my hometown of Panama City Beach. It's awesome. WILN Radio, Island 106. <laughs> <laughs> and I did not do radio, but I got myself through college by recording audiobooks That's for awesome. audible.com. Yeah. The best were when you got the romance novels and you had to read both parts. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I, I didn't even consider that. That's great. <laughs> yeah, neither did I when I took the job. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys um, you guys both work at Amoria Margo. So you've been there since day one. Austin, you, how long have you been there now, Austin? I've been there for about eight months now, since cool. since Tales. Cool. Yeah. Man, and you guys, uh, we've... We had uh, Avery and Janet Glasser on the show before. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of years ago, Mayor's been on. Uh, you know, we've had had a few uh, of the other people who've been involved with um, the with genesis them. of Amoria Margo. Yeah, totally. So, uh, where where is it now? I mean, it's been open for what three years? We'll be four years old, four March twenty first, okay. um, and it's in a constant state of evolution. Um, like we've remained the same and true to our ethos yet we've changed and created new service periods um all the time we you know we're working on a new program right now which we'll talk about soon but yeah it's a constant state of evolution we're now more of a retail outlet as well for you know bidders and barware um even some books uh we sort of delved into the world of making t-shirts for a little while mm-hmm. um but always staying true to our form uh no juice, uh, uh, nothing shaken, um, all bitter and stirred cocktails. Essentially, kind of like very limited perishables at all, right? Uh, yeah, well, the only perishables we have really are, are uh, 
twists. We we garnish some of the drinks with twists of grapefruit, uh, orange, and lemon. But that's it. Yeah, it's very cool. That's our only fresh item. (laughs) (laughs) It's cool. It's like it's also very challenging. I mean, like you know, I think about this as the way that 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 I mix drinks at home because I rarely ever. I'm first of all rarely ever at home, so I rarely keep anything that's perishable around. You know, if I have anything, it's going to be like a lemon. Or a grapefruit, and I don't even use those for juice. I just use them for twists. So exactly. it's like everything that you guys do, uh, it's like stirred and boozy and bitter. That's how it's I do really, things at home. It's a really minimalist approach. Um, and in the beginning, you know, we were all a little bit terrified of what we had built and, and thinking like, what? Oh, my gosh, we've limited ourselves so greatly. What, we've sort of broken our own ankles. How can we run? Um, but then when, once you get inside of a place that's really limiting, you suddenly find a lot of creativity. Mm-hmm. And so we get to a place now where it seems that there's no end to the drinks that we can make at Amore Margo, but they aren't going to be shaken. They aren't going to use juice. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to use anything fresh. Yeah, on the same thing that you were talking about, Damon, like the, one of the beauties of the drinks that we make at Amore Margo is that you can make everything at home. Any drink that we make at Amore Margo, as long as you can find the bottle, you can make it at home. Yeah. You don't have to make any kind of crazy syrups, no infusions, yeah. nothing. And we'll gladly write down any recipe for you. Yeah. And you, I mean, and you sell a lot of the, the bitters. Yeah. I mean, you sell a ton of bitters there. So it really helps if someone is interested in this one thing that has like Hellfire, you know, uh, bitter means Hellfire. And it's like, boom, you don't want to get it. It's right behind you. Grab it off the shelf. Sure. And we'll make you a drink using it. And we'll gladly write down the spec for you. And you can buy the bitters from us. You can go and buy the, the other ingredients elsewhere. And you can go home and make the drink. Um, it also means that every drink we've ever made at Amore Margo, as long as the bottle still exists, we can make that drink today. Right. We don't have to rely on some piece of uh, you know mise en place that we don't use anymore. So you, you can't make that drink anymore because we don't have that pink peppercorn lavender infused honey syrup that we used to make for that drink. Yeah. No, we never did that. If right. we have the bottles, we can make the drink. That's I, and I love it. It goes back to what you know, like you were saying, Austin. It's like great because those are the things that if you have it, you can make it, and it's. You know, in like one, like you were talking about your T-shirts. There's, there was a uh, one of the T-shirts was just like the Negroni, and it says bitter spirit and vermouth. You know, and I always love that format because I, I I won't say that it's foolproof the Negroni. Absolutely not. It's but it's one of the easier ones to. It's one of the easier ones to, to mess make. up, and also one of the easier ones to make. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's also one like, of the easier ones to like Mr. Potato Head around. Exactly. So if you've got a bitter and you've got a vermouth and you've got a uh, base spirit, then you've got some sort of Negroni. You know, it's and I mean it, it's great to have like again, you know, like at home I might not have an orange or a grapefruit to twist it, but even if you just throw those ingredients together in that format, you can still get away with like having a really nice drink. Maybe you put like a dash of orange bitters in there mm-hmm. to make up for the lack of the twist. Sure, orange you know? citrate, something bright right yeah. on top. So that's really cool. I think that's I think it's important to have those drinks, you know. Yeah, well, and also I, I also really think it's important to have an, a, you know an ethos that we stand fast by. Um, not only at, at, at our bar, but at, I think it's it's becoming more and more common at, at most bars to be um, focused and have a specified thing that you do so that people come and see you for that thing. Um, I don't think many of us would go to a restaurant that served sushi and spaghetti and tacos. I would. Well, of course, I I said most of us. (laughs) Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, But what you do is you go to the sushi place because that's what you want, right? Sure. You go to Amori Margo because you're looking for these brown, bitter, sort of 
very strong drinks. Mm-hmm. You go to Maya Well because you're looking for all agave spirits. You go to Booker and Dax because you're looking for some really fun and challenging and, and interesting techniques. Um, I think that any bar that, that's foolish enough to try and offer everything to everyone is not going to please anyone. Right. Yeah. It's, I would say, you know, you got to have something for everyone, but you can't have everything for everyone. Exactly. And that's, uh, I mean, I think another cool thing about it is like, I've definitely been in a more Margo and there have been like, it's, it's a very small place. It's very intimate. <laughs> 12 and, seats. Yeah. It's, it's cool though, man. Like, and I've, I've been there with friends who don't drink like, or we're taking a break and it's like, you know what? Just have some bitters and soda. You can have like one of like 45 different bitters and sodas if you want. Yeah. Well, I'm, we're pushing about 200 at this point, but yeah, you know, uh, even, even those who, who, you know, are friends, friends of bill as it were in, in, in the AA, uh, uh, when they come in, uh, you know, I offer them bitters and soda. Even though bitters are alcoholic, I, I, they're tantamount to, to vanilla extract. If vanilla extract had a bittering agent in it, it would be vanilla bitters, right? right? And I say, well, you eat ice cream. That's got vanilla extract in it. You're okay with a bitters and soda. It's refreshing. It's delightful. It's not going to get you in any way close to inebriated. Um, and, and then you can still enjoy the environment that we try to produce. So you're saying if I eat enough vanilla ice cream? You can get drunk. Yes. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I know what I'm doing after this. Um <laughs> Well, oddly, we're doing a pop-up at Amore Margo today, right now, that I'm missing to be here, um, where we have um, some ice creams that my friends at Luca and Bosco made. Um, Luca and Bosco is a great ice cream parlor here in New York City, and and they make Amaro ice creams for me. Uh, They made Amaro Montenegro ice cream, Campari ice cream, and Ramazzotti ice cream, and we're doing um, ice cream floats right now. We're calling it the ice cream soda jerks. That's awesome. for, For unofficial bartender week. Yeah, so I'm missing that to be here with you. Oh, but, man. but they're you delicious. Sound really bummed out about it. <laughs> I am. I am. But that does mean that you can come over after, and we can have some ice cream. All right, that sounds good. That, to me. that might, in fact, get you messed up. <laughs> so, what do you? What are you, some of the biggest things that you've seen since uh, since four years ago, starting out uh, till to now? Like as far as big changes that have happened with the Moria Margo, I mean, in in just in, in general with the that style of drink and what it's done for sure. the rest of the cocktail world. I mean, so. You know, most of what we do are classics. You mentioned the Negroni. I, I feel like we really only make three, and then there's a slight exception for a fourth drink. We make variations on Old Fashions, Manhattans, and Negronis. Mm-hmm. And then we throw in the Americano as well, because we do have seltzer water. It's our only non-alcoholic ingredient. Wow. Besides flat water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, you know, like, again, when we started the place, it was supposed to be a pop-up. We were supposed to exist for six months. Um and I think when I look back on it, it sort of like we were full of ego, full of ourselves. We wanted to create a space that was for us, like a little clubhouse. You know, we closed at 11 p.m. Like we weren't like reaching out to the bar right. community in any way, uh, rather the bar consumer community. We were reaching out to bartenders kind of in the beginning, like a little clubhouse to go to and drink obscure, weird things and all bitter. And because I feel like that's the trend of a bartender, right? We, we like our drinks bitter and stirred. Sure. Um, Maybe that's an evolution. You know, you start out with sweet and shaken and all that stuff, and you kind of grow into this this world. Um, so it was very ego driven in the beginning, and then people kept coming, <laughs> and we're like, they're kind of getting in the way of our clubhouse, but they're giving <laughs> us money, <laughs> so we kept moving forward. Um, and then, like, how do these drinks uh, stand up in the in, in the sort of general scope of the community at large? I think they're classics, uh, but we really, really mess with them. Yeah, um, you can come in and get a classic rye whiskey, old fashioned. It will be delightful and delicious. Or you can come in and get literally an untold number of variations on that theme with the things that we have. Yeah, one of the cool things. Uh, I mean, I always like popping in there just to see what's new because 
I mean, back when I worked in when I worked in retail, it was like I, I was always like right there. Like as soon as something came out, I was like, boom, got it. Let's do it. We got it. We're selling it. We're drinking it. We're playing with it. And uh, since I don't work in retail anymore, it's like I kind of go there to like see what's what's new and what's coming out. Like like you've got a couple of uh, bottles here in the studio today, and one of them's the uh, Vernelli. Uh, I love these the Varnelli Amari because they first of all the first time I ever saw them was at um, uh, at Amori Margo right and it was up on top shelf but it was next to some other cool stuff uh, you had all these beer schnapps yeah yeah that were like well that's like two years ago yeah exactly and I was like I just kind of blew my mind um, because I I had never really considered that but then I was thinking about the the combination of those two in a drink and like the possibilities of that and just also how like obscure and rare it is. And I think that's a huge appeal for the non bar like consumer base is that they like to, I see like a lot of times when I go in there, I don't see other bartenders or necessarily even industry people. I see a lot of people who are just intrigued by bitters. You know, it's, it's it at first it was like you said, it was like a clubhouse, but then like two years ago, it, I started noticing like, even more, even like a year into it, and it's like you started noticing like all these people were coming in, people talking about it, and like, oh, it's our, my favorite bar, and it's like, like, uh, I swear you were sitting at my bar last week, and you were you were asking for a, a Cosmo, and right. then like, then I saw you here, and you're like obsessed with bitters, and I'm like, that's amazing, that's amazing, that could happen. Yeah, we're uh, you know we're certainly walking people you know down to the water and, and, and encouraging them to drink. Um, you know the shop itself, even from the outside, has a very sort of you know I don't there's a word in German, it's Wunderkommen, right? It, it means it means closet of curiosities. My my bar is only 240 square feet. But it's got a big window in the front, filled with things that we sell that look shiny and interesting, and little vials and dropper bottles, and so I think it draws people in in that way. And then once they get in the door, if they're caught off guard or taken aback, then we seize that opportunity to become a learning experience, an educational experience, and we get something in their hand. And, you know, I think, I'd like to think that overwhelmingly they enjoy it, um, but either way, they enjoy that they got an experience, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, you were talking about the Amaro that I brought today. It's from Varnelli. It's called Amaro della Barista, which means the herbalist. It's um, heavily herbaceous, duh. <laughs> it's, um, it's an unfiltered, so it kind of looks like a wheat beer when you pour it in the glass, which right. we're about to do. And then um, it's sweetened with honey. All Amaros are, are sweetened. That's the thing that people don't know or they don't think right away. They think bitters can't have any sweetness. It's got to have some sweetness so that it's balanced, so it's potable, drinkable. So the Amaro del Herbista is made with um, honey that they have their own apiary. So they have their own bees. And the bees are flying around in the same area as the botanicals are grown. And I've been very lucky and had the chance to taste this honey on its own. And you taste the bitter botanicals in the honey. Oh, that's right? really cool. You know, when you get like orange blossom honey, you can really taste that orange in the honey. It's orange and sweet. This is bitter, sweet honey. So, this is a pretty powerfully bitter Amaro, um, and it's delightful and, and, and enchanting. And we're about to try some. Why don't cool. you guys talk yeah. while I pour some? Yeah, why don't you pour some out for us? I'm sure Jack would like a taste of it too. <clears throat> One of the cool things about uh, Mario Margo, as you were saying before about the, the storefront, is that you have like all these shiny objects. And I, I know when people come to my bar, they, they see all the stuff that I have from. Like antique stuff, but also like a lot of stuff from Cocktail Kingdom, which you guys have a retail agreement with. You kind of like the outpost. You don't have everything that they have in the offices, but they don't really I could. I just don't have the space. You don't have the space for it. But also, it's like they. It's you still want it to be a bar and not like overly retail, right? So 
I think it's cool that you can go there and pick up like a mixing glass. Like, say, like your customer, I, we'll give that to Jack on the break. Um, <laughs> and uh, like the customers that come in there and you're telling them about these bitters and stuff, it's like they see what you're using for, t- like, people always comment on my bar tools and like my tool roll up whenever they see it, you know, all the gold and copper and silver stuff. And Absolutely. It's like, they see us using the stuff and then they want to buy yeah, it and take yeah. it home. Because what better gift to, like, for, well, give yourself or, you know, your friends. I think I think it's like giving the gift of like making a cocktail. It's like that's it's a pretty powerful thing, man. It re- yeah, it really is. And and again, with our formulas being so, you know, I hate to like let the, you know, never mind that guy behind the curtain. I don't want to <laughs> let all the secrets out. But, uh, you know, our formulas are pretty simple. Again, they're classics. They've been around forever. Um, you know, Manhattan and Old Fashioned and Negroni, effectively all we really make. Um, so you just have to tinker with some things and, and stay true to those forms. And, uh, yeah, we're, you know, one of the rules at Amore Margo is that we're all ready and willing and able to write down any recipe on request at any time. We don't hide anything. You know, we're actually finally kicking around the idea of starting uh, the process of writing a book. And, uh, cool. Uh, we're, 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 yeah, we're, we're sort of um, kicking around names for the book. And one of the names that's, that's kind of sticking to the wall right now is Amore Margo. Try this at home. Because um, <laughs> we want to be able to say we can do this for you and, and you'll certainly come back to us because we'll do the dishes but you can go home and do this yourself yeah cool. and, and we have all the armaments for you to do that you can buy the bitters from us you can buy the tools from us we'll write down recipes for you here's a whole book of recipes go home and do this stuff yeah and then come back but then come back then come back <laughs> ours, ours will still be better <laughs> well cool let's take a quick break this is but before we do I just want to say that this is I'm really glad that you brought this one on the show today the Varnelli Barista is like you're right I mean I, it's there's there's something really bright about this that that kind of stands out from a lot of the other Amari. Yeah, and it, uh, it attacks your palate, but it but it walks away really drying. So it's got a little bit of tannins going on. It's also great, and it's you know it's and let's not forget that Amari's and bitters are all you know they they started as medicines. So it's yeah. it's cold here in New York. It's snowing. Everybody's feeling a little bit low. Um, Amaro's good for you. Absolutely. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back talking with the fellows from Amoria Margo in New York City. And this one's called Quick by Dreams on HeritageRadioNetwork.org.
The International Culinary Center is a proud sponsor of the HeritageRadioNetwork.org. The ICC, with locations in New York and California, provide cutting-edge education to future chefs, restaurateurs, and wine professionals. We're proud to claim Dan Barber, Bobby Flay, and David Chang among our honored alumni. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton from Chef Story. Check out our ICC website at internationalculinarycenter.com. And we're back. You're listening to The Speakeasy, and we're talking bitters today with Souther Teague and Austin Henley of Amoria Margo here in New York City. And we just left the show. We went to break having some of the Vernelli Arborista that's just amazing and uh, super, like, I don't know. It's just, it's... It always makes me feel like kind of guilty when we talk about these things when we're doing tastings on the show because I mean I really feel like because your guests can't taste because they can't taste with us, but uh, and maybe it'll hopefully uh, intrigue them enough to where they go out and try it. Yeah, but they um, can come into a Mario Margo. And taste yeah, them. exactly, exactly. So you brought in another one with you too, which happens to be my other favorite. I don't know that like if you read my like life journal or something. <laughs> yeah, I did. I just grabbed these on my way out of the shop today. Cool man. Uh, second one I brought is um, Amaro Montenegro. Um, this is uh, really one of the most versatile and useful Amari that I have on the back bar um, because it's got a good amount of sweetness. As mentioned before, all Amari have a bit of sweetness. It's also got a lot of florality and even some juicy notes. So, again, we don't use juice at Amari Margo. We have to find that elsewhere. So this, this comes into play for me a lot. Um, it's got lots of notes of, like, orange blossom and bitter orange on the front. Uh, it's, you know, gentian and floral bitter in the center. And then the finish actually tastes like wet vegetables, like cucumber and celery, and so it's got a lot of uses. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. I like, and I'm glad you went with the Arborista first because it's so sharply bitter that b- between the two of these, this the Monty is kind of like dessert. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm always a sucker for packaging too, and both of these have great bottles. You know, I know that the Montenegro just changed their label. Changed the label. The bottle's been the exact same shape since they started in 1885. Yeah, I, I think you know I'm glad that they didn't go super modern with the uh, the new label change. Because um, the old, I mean, like it still looks really classic. If you, I think for a newcomer to the brand, they probably wouldn't. They probably still approach it as something that looks super classic. Still, yeah, yeah. Know? Even though the previous label looked really old school. <laughs> yeah, the previous one had a bunch of those like tags from winning awards and competitions yeah. throughout the you know hundred year history. Um, this one just looks a lot cleaner, but yeah. nothing changed inside the bottle. Just just the label. Yeah. Um, so. Outside of these, what are some of your favorites? I mean, like, and like, really, what got you in? Like, what were what was like the first Amaro that really like changed you, changed your mind, and like got you? Have into you it? have you ever heard of Vernet Branca? I'm familiar <laughs> with it. <laughs> I've seen your tattoo. Um, no, it actually wasn't Vernet Branca for me. It was um, I really have to dig in my brain and think about what my first Amari was. But I can say this: I was a chef for 12 years prior to becoming a bartender which I've now been for 13, so I've eclipsed my former career. But So I feel like I approached the bar with a really savory palate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just sort of kind of intrinsically led down the path of bitter because mm-hmm. um, everything on my bar is pretty much a savory. You know, I, I, right. Even like my, my goofy Twitter handle says something along the lines of like, I used to be a chef, now I just make chilled soup. <laughs> right? So like that led me down this road. I can't pinpoint... What was my first Amari? What about you, Austin? Uh, actually, um, I mean, I was drinking at Amari Margot for about two years before I worked at Amari Margot. Um, <laughs> That's would, the interview process. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a long it's a one. Two year. Um, 
I overlapped with Souther at Booker and Dax for one day. I was his bar back for one day. That was enough. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I started coming to Amari Margo regularly to to hang out. And um, I think that the first Amaro that I had there was um, Amaro Abano. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. The Luxardo? Yeah, bar? Luxardo. Yeah. Like super vegetal, white pepper. And just, it was like nothing I'd ever tasted before. And then I just got more and more curious and just you know, kept coming in on Wednesdays and, and bugging him, asking him all the questions. Yeah. I mean, well, he's, he's good about that. <laughs> but yeah, well, I like to, again, so I was, I was a chef for a long time. During my time as a chef, I taught for two years at the New England Culinary Institute up in Montpelier, Vermont. So like, I, I, I do have this streak in me that wants to teach and wants to deliver information. Um, so like a big chunk of the experience of Memorial Margo is a learning experience for my guests. And for me, teaching is learning. Yeah. You know, like if I'm constantly having to, to explain or, or tell people about things, I'm, I'm always honing it and making it sharper and cleaner. And I, I know that yeah. you've, you've done quite a few like classes and seminars on, on bitters. And I have. We used to do classes at Amore. That was part of the evolution, too. We, we, we kind of squeezed them out because um, we did them on the weekends in the daytime when, when you know, normal folks, nine to fivers, daywalkers, whatever you want to call them, um, when they could make it. Uh, but then I started a new service at Amori Margo on the weekends called Double Buzz. Um, Double Buzz, we do coffee and Amaro uh, pairings and coffee and Amaro cocktails. Um, we have a great barista. Her name's Amanda Witt. She is a nationally uh, recognized barista a competitor. Uh, she gets a different roaster in every month. We make a brand new menu every month. Um, and it's a ton of fun. And we call it Double Buzz because Amaro is a buzz and coffee's a buzz. That's a double buzz. It's a double buzz. Embrace it. Yeah. Make it a double. Yeah. Um, so we, we don't. So that was the only time that we could really do classes. I will occasionally do one if people want to book it on a Monday through Thursday in the afternoon, which is hard for people who have jobs. Yeah. Um, but we still squeeze them in. I still do seminars and talks and lectures at conferences like Tales of the Cocktail or Portland Cocktail Week. Um, I do a little writing for Thrillist where I talk about, you know, Amari and I talk about just the the way that we deal with guests and like hospitality. Mm-hmm. Um, where we embrace people when they walk in the door. We want them to feel welcome. I think that's uh, an important thing to point, like uh, an important point to uh, to kind of land on uh, for a second, because like I know like a lot of times on this show we talk a lot about like hospitality and customer service and like the different like service styles that we all come up with, and like some of them are born out of necessity, some of them are just like ideas we really want to like push the the hospitality forward, and I think I think Amoria Margo uh, from the bartender point of view is a really, really great practice for being patient, you know, because you really, like, I've never, I've never been, by, I've been behind the bar once, and, uh, but it was just, you know, on one of those nights where, like, Aaron Polsky was working, he's like, come back here and make a drink. Um, I'm sorry if I just threw him under the bus. Uh, but, it's all good. But, uh, but I think it's definitely one of those places where it is challenging, you know. It's challenging for you guys, we, like every the the flavor profiles and everything. And I think yeah, and it's a tight space back there. Yeah, and you really have to walk people through like these different flavor profiles. And I think it's I think that one of the most difficult things for any bartender to do is amped up by several notches at a Mori Margo, and that is to remain unjaded. Yeah, right. The the sort of easy definition of being jaded is when 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 things annoy you that that you just have to do over and over again. 
But at Amore Margo, we do the same things over and over and over and over again. We, we have to ex- what are bitters? How many times a night do I get that question? And I have, I have are an answer. Are you mixologist? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one is fewer and further between, actually. Um, but, yeah, what are bitters? Like, we have to answer that question all the time. Uh, and it's a lengthy answer. And so what we've learned to do at Amore Margo, and, you know, I think any bartender anywhere should do the same, we don't lean in and, and talk to that guest. We lean back and talk to the room. Because yeah. the guy next to him wants to know the same thing. And if you don't say it loud enough, he's going to ask you to. And it's a two or three minute conversation that then you've got to have again. Yeah. So we teach the room. We don't just teach the one guest. We try and engage people even if they aren't together. You know, I'll try and make eye contact because I can see that little ear perking up. They're interested. They've stopped talking to their friend. They're kind of listening. So I make it loud enough so they don't have to kind of listen. Yeah. Um, that, that sort of drives us away from becoming jaded as Trying to reach, well, doing like we're doing here on the radio. We're reaching more people at the same time. You know, right, I could have this exactly. conversation with just you two in this room, or we could broadcast it, literally, and have this conversation with a lot of people at the same time. That's the whole reason why we started doing it, you know? Yeah, man. Um, I'm sorry it took me so long to get here. <laughs> I know. Yeah, seriously. Because uh, you do this we, on Wednesdays, and Wednesday is my favorite night to work. <laughs> so I never take Wednesdays yeah, off. Yeah, I hear you. And I'm not taking tonight off either. either. Lindsay's going <laughs> to open the shop, and I'm going to run straight over there after this. Right on. Well, I'm glad you took the time to do it. Uh, it's been an, it's like been it's been you know years years like, in the literally, making. Literally, yes, because <laughs> we've been doing the show for four years, over four years now. Yeah, Damon, Jack- you know what episode it is today? What is it? It's the 150th episode. Boom! Wow. I did know that. I was waiting to say it till later, but Jack, I'm glad you got to do it. Thanks, Sorry. Jack. That's <laughs> awesome. First. Milestone. What's that? The sex- sesquicentennial? Is that yeah. what that's called? I've never heard that word in my life. I just kind of remember that from. Uh, Does that have to do with what's that movie? Foot? What's the movie? I thought it was Groundhog Day. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know. Oh no, it's the uh, Wedding for Guffman. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> so uh, I see but, we're I see a clock on the wall that we're running a little short. Yeah, I was going to ask you what's what's next for you guys. Uh, yeah, we yeah. have one thing that we definitely want to touch on. Um, it's a new service period that we uh, you know so like Double Buzz sort of exists inside of Amori Margo. Now we've created another one. We call it Two Weeks Notice. Um, Austin here is going to tell you all about it because he's sort of the brain brain behind this one i wouldn't go that far but well, he's, um, he's definitely the good looks behind this one. <laughs> <laughs> he's the brains i'm the good looks um so uh on some mondays in a month we will have a service at amoria margo which is a seated only uh four seatings of 10 people uh three cocktail prefix and um Everyone will be notified two weeks prior to that date. That's why we call it two weeks notice. And Wait, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I will say it slower. Yes. Uh, so we did the the first one um, uh, a couple weeks back. and uh, On the 19th, Yeah, right? sold out in 48 hours. So that was... We were just maybe going to do of, it It's a total of one. 40 seats. Yeah. We, we thought this was going to be a one-off. It's a total of 40 seats, four seatings of 10, two-hour blocks, three cocktails and snacks made by me. Cool. Former chef, don't forget. Um, <laughs> delightful. We change everything. We break our own rules. Uh, you know, the last drink uh, at the first two weeks notice had everything that breaks the rules at a morning market. Had eggs in it. Had juice in it. Had sugar in it. It was shaken. It was served in a coop. All these things we don't do. Yeah, wow. ate tomorrow sour. Yeah. Um, nice. It's delightful. We change the look of the room. We change uh, even where you enter the room. Uh, we come in through a, a different entrance. Um, to uh, the kitchen? We come in through San Fuegos, <laughs> through upstairs. Oh, uh, cool. The, the bar that we share the kitchen so with. So up and then down again? Yeah. Up and then down again, which is a, a good twist of irony for me. It means that uh, way back in the day, uh, Amore Margo was the waiting room for San Fuegos. Right. Before it was Amore Margo, and now San Fuegos is my waiting room. <laughs> um, but it's delightful, and it's... Uh, um, uh, 
it's a way to see a Mori Margo in a different light. Um, seated uh, cocktails, you know, uh, 10 seats all down the bar. We, we rearranged the room to make it look totally different. We, we set out candles and we, again, all the things we don't normally do, we do. Um, and so it's a, a, you know, a bit of a shock and surprise. Uh, there's lots of little things that I don't want to give away right now because I want people to come and be delighted by these things. Um, but we have another one planned for this coming Monday, which isn't quite sold out. Um, the, I think the snowstorms kind of got everybody off balance and the stupid bowl and whatever. Um, <laughs> we have a few seats left for that one. but uh, And then we have a, another one already in the planning stages. Um, that we're going to do a benefit uh, for um, our friends over at Black Crescent. They're bar, oh, yeah. they're bar burned down. Um, they're trying to rebuild. Um, that one's going to be $100 a seat. Um Instead of the normal seventy, which by the way includes tip and uh, tax, so it's a flat fee, three cool. drinks and a snack for seventy. It's it's a really great deal in New York City, anyway. I don't know who's listening from Des Moines, Iowa, who thinks that's ludicrously expensive. You, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> um, three drinks and a snack. Um, anyway, yeah, it's delightful, and uh, you know, I'd love love to have you come to one. Actually, I would love to. Sure. Absolutely, man. Um, I like you know, I, you know, I think Jack and I should go. It's actually Jack was just telling me before. I was going to say bring a date, but that's even better. <laughs> yeah, bring Jack. You know, it's Jack's. It's one of Jack's favorite bars in yeah, the city. True, he says it all the time. And so it's really great that we finally got you guys to come on the show oh. and talk about it. And uh, it sounds like an awesome idea, man. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. We, fun I mean, yeah. I, I totally hijacked this idea. I did a pop-up in the Columbia Room in D.C. with Derek mm-hmm. Brown, one of my dear friends. I've been to the Columbia Room a few times, and that's their everyday service. And then I did the pop-up, and I worked that service, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I was like, his bar has 10 seats. My bar has 10 seats. Why don't I do this? So... We're doing it, and it's great. It's I think a lot I, of work and a lot of effort, but it's it's a huge payoff. I think Derek will be very much flattered by that. Oh, actually. I know he is. I've already, <laughs> talk, I've already talked to him about it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> He's invited. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool, guys. Um, where can we find out more information about that? Just go to the, the website? or um, Austin yeah. set up an email if you want to email this email he's got yeah, for you. Yeah, you can email 2.weeks.notice.amore at gmail.com. Uh, send us an email if you'd like to set up a reservation for one of the seatings. Great, and we'll post that on the website for all, all of right. our yeah, listeners yeah, to check it out. Yeah, cool. Thanks so much, guys. It's been my pleasure to have you on the show. Thank uh, you, Dan. You're both first timers, which is great. I uh, can't wait to have you on many more times. Steve Schneider was on the show last week, and I think it was like his seventh time. So uh, we're going to have to apologize to Steve for not being on the 150th. But oh, sorry, buddy. Sorry. Happy you, 150, mighty, Damon. Mighty Schneider. <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. Thanks for being here, and uh, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow, Margo, on Monday. Excellent. Sure. Yeah, absolute right. pleasure. Thanks, Thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks for listening. That's it for the Speakeasy this week. Check in next week where we'll have Jordana Rothman of Time Out in New York. And until then, be safe and have a good time. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us with questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. 